Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He koonai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Nā mihi nui. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ is produced by science communication student Ellen Ozaka at the University of Otago. Hello, my name is Ellen Ozaka, and this is the significance of statistics. What comes to mind when I say P? No, I'm not talking about that. No, not peas the vegetable either. So you mean like drugs or something? No, I'm not talking about meth. I'm talking about math. But wait, don't touch that dial. I know what you're thinking. If 13 years of school couldn't get me to care about math, I never will. But I'm not asking for 13 years. I'm asking for 13 minutes because p-values might be about to start our revolution in science. So I bet I can get you to start caring about math in the next 13 minutes or less. And if I can't, well, feel free to switch to a podcast on something more heinous, like urine or legumes or drugs or old-fashioned numismatic notation. This podcast is brought to you by the letter P. 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 So what is this p-value thing anyway? It's kind of like a magical number that tells you if you're right or not. It's the chance that your results were caused by chance? Okay, it's a statistical tool that helps you to interpret data. Let's start there. Let's say I have this die. I roll it 20 times in a row, and it comes up with the same number 17 times. What do you think the next number will be? You can't guess. The die has the same chance of landing on any number. That's what I thought but it's actually a trick question. See, we don't know for sure whether this is a fair die or whether some unsavory character has loaded it so it will always turn up the same. But sometimes a fair die will give unexpected results, so we can't really tell for sure. We could run an experiment and roll the die over and over and over and over and over again, but that would take ages, and I've only got 13 minutes, right? So we're going to have to use statistics. In order to find the chance the dodgy die is loaded, we need to find out the chance that an unloaded die would land on the same number 17 out of 20 times. First, we need to make a guess. Scientists like big words, so we call that guess a hypothesis. Our hypothesis is that the dodgy die is loaded. We also need what's called a null hypothesis. The null is like Draco Malfoy to Harry Potter. Dorothy to the Wizard of Oz. Bramer to Seinfeld. It's the exact opposite of the hypothesis that we actually want to prove. Our null hypothesis is that the die is not loaded. Think of the null like the boring hypothesis. The die isn't loaded, the new drug doesn't cure cancer, and the sky has been blue this whole time. So we crunch the numbers and we find that the chance that an unloaded die would roll the same number 17 or more times is 
403. In other words, if you ran this experiment with a fair die 250 billion times, only one of those times would show the same result that we're seeing. Wow! What we've just done is calculate statistical significance. Try saying that ten times fast. Statistical significance, statistical significance, statistical significance, statistical significance. Statistical significance, statistical significance, statistical significance, statistical significance. Statistical significance, statistical significance. Well, however you say it, it's basically a measure of how well the data matches up with the boring hypothesis. And that number, 1 in 250 billion... That chance is called the p-value. It stands for probability value. So statistical significance tells you if you're right? Almost. Statistical significance tells you which hypothesis is the best fit for the data from your experiment. In our case, because this is such a small number, it means that the data doesn't fit the null hypothesis very well. So we're going to check it out. The boring hypothesis is probably wrong, so it's safe to say that the die is loaded. You can see how this might work with real science. Calculating statistical significance tells you how well the results of your experiment fit the null hypothesis. If it doesn't fit very well, that means your real hypothesis is a better fit. Scientists use p-values for all sorts of things. For figuring out whether a new heart medication works better than the old one. Or how fish conservation efforts are getting along. Or you could even use it in business to work out if your marketing campaign is effective. Science as a whole has decided that 0.05 is a pretty sweet threshold for a p-value. So if your p is lower than 0.05, you're all set. That means there's only a 5 out of 100 chance that your data fit the boring hypothesis better than your actual hypothesis. Great. So what's the problem? The problem is that there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in science land about what p-values are and how to correctly interpret them. It is a common thing for someone that has been teaching for many years that I would have students come up to me and show me data results, some really interesting results, but they'd say to me, oh, this is no point because it's not significant, and I'd go, what's your p-value? And they'd say, oh, 0.08. And so it's not at that mythical 0.05 level, and so they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that that, that um, gives science a bit of a disservice there. That's Steve Ting, teaching fellow from the University of Otago and self-confessed statistics nerd. And it's not just students who view p-values this way. A lot of scientists will throw out research on the basis of their p-values alone. That's because journals won't publish results with a p-value higher than 0.05. P-values are often viewed as the only thing that matters, the end-all, be-all. But here's the thing, a p-value bigger than 0.05 might actually have some good results, and a p-value smaller than 0.05 might have some pretty terrible results. Here's Steve again. If something that has the power of 95, that's great, but do we discount immediately something that, say, is 0.1, which is 90%, or do we discount something that is 0.56, because that technically you'd round up to 0.06, which is 94%. Thanks, Steve. Can we talk about this 0.05 number for a second? Who the heck decided that P should be smaller than 0.05? And why? The best explanation I can find is that it's arbitrary. I guess people just felt that they could live with a 5% chance, but they couldn't live with a 6% chance. That's the same as a 1 in 20 chance. Is that good enough? Who knows? So why not just lower the threshold? Great question. If a 1 in 20 chance isn't good enough, what about a 1 in 100 chance, or 1 in 1,000? 
the thing is, in order to get those kinds of results, you'll need to collect more data, which means bigger studies, and that's very expensive. Research funding is already too hard to come by. Can we all agree we don't want to make it harder? Our scientific culture puts so much emphasis on p-values that it's impossible to get your work published if your p-value is higher than 0.05. The result is that scientists become constantly obsessed with enhancing the size of their p-values. It's called p-hacking. Okay, now I know you're talking about drugs or something. I know it sounds really dodgy, and it is. P-hacking is when researchers chuck out the outliers from their data, or they might do analysis halfway through their study to decide if they should stop early, or they might look at several different effects and only choose to tell people about the one that made them look good. If you know your hypothesis is correct, then it shouldn't really matter what your p-value is, right? After all, you just spend all this time saying everything that's wrong with p-values. But that's the thing about science. Without proof, we really don't know if your hypothesis is correct or if it's just wishful thinking. You're probably wondering. What are all these scientists doing? They're supposed to be the smart ones. Calm down. We're working on it. You'd think the solution would be easy. Just ban p-values, right? But it's a little bit more complicated than that. There's nothing really wrong with p-values, just the way we use them. P-values are just one color in the rainbow of statistical significance. So maybe it's time to bring the other colors back. That's what organizations like the American Statistics Association are saying. They're also calling for better statistics education and awareness of the context on which analysis depends. For example, a big p-value might be okay if it's for an exploratory study, the kind of study that says, hey, this really cool thing happened, and I want to tell you about it. But you really want a small p-value when a new prescription medication is going through the approval process. Wow, I never thought math could be so controversial. To be honest, um, this podcast is not really about math. What? See, according to the American Statistics Association, statistical significance is not equivalent to scientific, human, or economic significance. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter what p is. What matters is that your business's marketing goes well. Whether we're overfishing your favorite fish, or that your Nan's heart medication works. Science isn't just something that people with glasses and white coats carry out in a lab far away. It impacts your world in real ways. Science sets high standards for itself, and it's important that it lives up to them. In March 2019, 800 scientists published an article in a prominent journal calling for the concept of statistical significance to be abandoned. Is that a statistically significant number? 800's a lot, okay? <laughs> Does it really matter, though? You tell me. And look, that didn't even take 13 minutes. Thanks, Ellen. That story was produced by science communication student Ellen Ozaka at the University of Otago. This is an Our Changing World podcast from RNZ. To listen again or find out more, just head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld, or you'll find us on your favourite podcast app. Thanks for your company. Bye for now. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 